I want to share something with you that I consider very, very important. I want to welcome all our visitors. Uh, I pray that God will give you a good understanding of what this is and how it can bless your life and uh, change the way you do things, especially uh, the things that you say with your mouth. So important. I call, I title this uh, Fruits of the Lips. Fruits of the Lips. Worshiping God, giving Him the fruit of our lips is very important. But the subtitle, I put the Engaging the Words of Prophecy. Engaging the Words of Prophecy. Father, I just ask that you speak to us tonight and help us uh, to go into the Spirit. Uh, give us understanding according to your word in Jesus name amen there is an enemy out there that is very jealous uh, of your place in God especially if you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior you are one of the very few on earth that God has set aside for himself you are his. And that's very important. You're different from the rest of the world. You may not see yourself that way, but God sees you in a different way from the rest of the world. And there are just few of these. That's what his Bible says. Narrow is the way. Straight is the way. And only few find that. And you are that few that God has set aside for himself jesus said you no man can come to me except my heavenly father draws him so you were pulled out of the world by god for himself so regardless of what you think about yourself you are truly special and god has planted you in his garden just like he did adam and eve when you come to christ God planted you in his garden, and you should prosper, and you should do well in life. God will make that happen, even if you're not doing well right now. The words of this message should give you tools with which to begin to look to a future that will be glorious before God and will bless God. It's possible. Every one that God brings to himself. Every child that is born into this world has a special talent that God's put in them. And But those that are born by the Spirit of God, God has placed something special in you. You need to discover what that is and refuse to stay at the bottom and begin to look to the top because that w that's where God wants you to be. And that's why Satan is so jealous of you because of your place in God. He is truly jealous, and all he wants to do is to get you from that place where God has placed you, just like he did Adam and Eve. He was jealous of them. He was in the world, but he couldn't do nothing in the world. Adam had the control of everything. God placed Adam in a garden that he planted himself, and Adam was doing very well, and Satan was jealous, and he did everything he could just to get him out of the garden. But thank God, Jesus came to bring us back to the garden. 
And now, God is not preventing us from eating from the tree of life. He's there available for us. In fact, we are invited to come to the tree of life. If you think so poorly of yourself, you're not going to accept God's invitation. That's your business. But God is inviting us to come with boldness. Because we're welcome to come with boldness into his very presence. Forget your past. This is a new day. You know, in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, God is speaking. He says, now let me, in other words, I want to sing to my well-beloved, that's Jesus, a song of my well, of my beloved regarding his vineyard. So God's song about his well-beloved is regarding his vineyard. My well-beloved, that's Jesus, has a vineyard on a fruitful hill. Guess who was that? Who, who, who are the part of this vineyard? That's you and I. And he tells us there, uh, in a very fruitful, not just a fruitful hill, but a very fruitful hill. And God the Father is singing to his son about this fr- uh, vineyard in this fruitful hill. He dug it up. And cleared out his stones and planted it with the choicest vine. Guess who the choicest vine? Oh, that's you. And God is excited about that. He says he built a tower in his midst and also made a vine press in it. Now, what God is saying, you got, you got protection. He's there with you. God is excited. And if you read the end of that, uh, the word there, he expected, to, he expected it to bring forth good grapes. Fruitfulness is a fruitful hill, and God is expecting good grapes, but it brought forth white grapes. Now, that can only happen if you let the enemy in. You will you'll always be fruitful because you were planted on a fruitful hill. Very fruitful hill. And so you don't want the enemy. Psalm 92, verse 13 and 14 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. No doubt about it. They shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. How many old people do we have in here? (laughs) None. Oh, gosh. There are no liars in this place. It's true. (laughs) They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. That's what God is saying. If you have been planted by God, you cannot be removed from the garden unless you let the enemy in. But thank God, God has given us some powerful tool to flourish in the garden, in the fruitful hill, even in the presence of the enemy. Even in the presence of the enemy. He's prepared a table before us. Where? In the presence of the enemy. You can still be fruitful in the presence of the enemy. But you need to know how to do that. How do you stay fruitful 
in the presence of the enemy who is always coming against you, coming against your finances, coming against your family, coming against your marriage, coming against everything that's good that God has given to you, coming against your health. How do you stay fruitful? How do you stay strong? And be fruitful and be doing what God's called you to do and be successful. How do you do that? It's got to be through the word of prophecy. The word of prophecy. I like the word of prophecy. I like the word of prophecy that's spoken to me. Amen. That's the word of prophecy. I like the word of prophecy that God himself speaks to me. Written in my own hand. I even have more confidence in that. When God speaks a word, it's usually a word of prophecy. Regardless of what it is. This whole book is the word of prophecy. From God. This is the word of prophecy. Everything there. Holy men of God, Peter tells us, I believe in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, 20, every word of God that was spoken by holy men of God, they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They didn't speak of their own. So everything here, the Bible calls a more sure word of prophecy. And what do we do with the word of prophecy? You know, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, it says, This charge I commit to you. I am charging every one of you this night, this charge, God is charging you. I commit to you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. That by them, by what? By the prophecies. You may wage a good warfare. A good warfare is a warfare that you are guaranteed to win. Amen? It says the words of prophecy that have been given to you, every promise here, everything that you see here is a word of prophecy that God has given to you, including those that were spoken over your life and those that God spoke to you concerning your own life. Every word that's given to you, inspired by God, is a word of prophecy for you to wage a good warfare. That means you win. To be on that fruitful hill and be fruitful. You know, people like, oh, this person gave me this prophecy. And they rejoice about the prophecy. And then sometimes they come and say, Pastor, they gave me the prophecy, but the prophecy is not coming to pass. Well, you know, waging a warfare with the prophecy. You're supposed to do something with the prophecy that was given to you. You're not supposed to just sit back there and wait for it to happen. Use the word, the word of prophecy to get to the place the prophecy was given uh, given to you for. That's what to do. You know, Ezekiel was a man that used the word of prophecy. And I believe that that word of prophecy in Ezekiel 37 was given to us so that we will know exactly how to use the word of prophecy 
to better our, the things in our lives. Some of us, or almost every one of us, have some issue that you're dealing with. There are certain things that God has started in your life, and you're going somewhere, but right now you really don't know, where am I going? And we were, I was with a, a group of ministers today, and we talked about that. You know, God's leading. I know God is in my life, but I'm thinking, God, where is this taking me to? <laughs> What's the end of this matter? Because he never tells you exactly what it's going to look like. But he gives you a word of prophecy and he tells you this is what's going to happen. But how you get there, you don't even know. So you need to trust him and use the word of prophecy that has been given to you. And when you're in doubt, then speak those words of prophecy. Let me share this with you. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 and 3. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then it caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. Well, in your life, my life, there are things that are drying up. Confusing situations. You want them to come together. You start a little thing there, you start a little one there, uh, over here, and you're wondering how can I put these things together so that my life can come together and I can know what's going to happen, the direction where God is taking me. Maybe in your marriage, your finances, you started something, but it doesn't seem to be going anywhere, and you, God allows you just like he did with Ezekiel. You walk around, and these things are all around you. It's like walking in the valley of the dry bones, all kinds of problems all around you. And you're wondering, how am I going to get out of this? Can, can life come out of this? Can success come out of this? It's dry. There's devastation there. Confusion. Hopelessness. And God is saying to you, look at your life. Can you still make it? And some people think, well, I'm too old now. I wish... I got this when I was young. God doesn't have anything to do. That has nothing to do with time. God has enough time. Can these bones, dry bones, live? I don't know. Can my marriage survive the pressure that's put on it by the enemy now? Will I be able to survive making payments am i going to lose my house am i going to lose my job how am i going to handle tomorrow all of these things are pressures pressures that the enemy put on us and you're wondering how am i going to survive this where can, where will help come from and god is asking you can life come into these things these situations in your life i don't know you know but God said to Ezekiel in verse 4, He says, Again He said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, 
What are you to say to the, this confusion? This devastation? Prophesy to them. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause the breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7 is very important. You know, God told him exactly what to say, right? Just words. He got dry bones. Confusing situations. Hopelessness. Devastation. God says, can this live? No, it's okay now. I want you to speak to them the words of the Lord. Notice God didn't speak to the bones himself. He was asking his prophet, that's you. You speak to the bones. And tell the bones what you want to happen to them. Your situation. Speak to the situation. Tell the situation what thus said the Lord. Yes, my body is going down. But what did God say in the word of prophecy? Have you spoken the word? He said in verse 7, So I prophesied as I was commanded. Have you done that? I prophesied as I was commanded. I spoke those words to the dry bones. He didn't know what was going to happen, but God had told him what was going to happen. And God said, just say the words to the bones. Prophesy to bones. If I see you talking to bones, I think you've lost your mind. Dry bones, (laughs) you know. But when God tells you to do it, you do it. Many times God will ask us to do things that don't make sense to us. And you don't know how it will happen. Prophesy to your bank account. Yes. What good would that do? That's what most people will think. Where would the money come from? But that's not your business, right? Let him handle that. He has said in this word, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So prophesy. To the bank account. Prophesy to your savings. Prophesy to your business. Prophesy to your marriage. God wants to to be one with one. Even though you are talking about separation. But you prophesying union. Because the word says what God has joined together. Let not man put asunder. So you prophesy God's word to it. That's what he did. He said... I prophesied as I was commended. I prophesied as I was commended. Valley of dry bones, confusion, hopelessness, devastation. But I'm going to speak the word of God to it regardless. I don't care how it's going to happen. I'm just going to speak the word of God. And so he spoke the words of prophecy. Many times, notice what he said. He said, this, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me, right? In the spirit. Let me let you know this. Every time we come in here and we are lifting up our hands to worship God, okay? And you're praying in tongues, maybe in the private, guess what you are in? You're in the spirit. It's right time to prophesy, amen? It's time to prophesy. 
when you pray in tongues, you are in the spirit, right? You are in the spirit. When you are worshiping God, just like John in the island of Patmos, he said on, in, the, uh, in the island of Patmos, on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. What was he talking about? He knew that was Sunday. Some people like to stay home on Sunday, but that's not a good thing to do. He knew it was Sunday, and he was worshiping God, right? He was worshiping God. And so he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard the voice. I heard the voice, the voice of prophecy. Amen? When you are in the spirit, when you are in the service or at home, you're praying in tongues, you are already in the spirit. And the Lord will move you, and as you pray, possibly praying in tongues over the circumstances surrounding your life, that's the time, you know, you are already in the spirit. But then prophesy to the situation. Amen? That's why I said this could change your life. Prophesy what you want. Prophesy what you want. You know, I, I'm really, I'm, I believe by the grace of God, as a minister, very new to this. But there are certain things that I believe the Lord is training me with, uh, you know, with, especially when I'm going through difficulties. Uh, I, I've tried very hard by the grace of God with, with our church finances. I get very specific. I get very specific. I like it when there's nobody in the sanctuary here. It's just me, so I can yell. Amen? Because I think the devil is dull of hearing. He doesn't hear very well. So I need to scream at him sometimes. But I let the Lord, this is what I know, and I'm not going to tell anybody this is what I want, God. And then God begins to bring it. I remember one day, I just got to praying here, and uh, I was about to leave. I was very lifted up in my spirit. And somebody came in. I think the person knew himself. And came in and brought me a check. It was on Sunday. Of over $6,000. Yes. I had not even left the sanctuary. I believe I was the last person here. The person knows himself. I was the last person. I was about, about to walk out. This guy walked in. I finished my prophecy. Amen. And what I wanted from God. And uh, I was about to leave. And this fellow walked in and handed an envelope to me. It was $6,000. By the time it was over, I had everything that I wanted from God and more. And I'm not saying this just to say anything. There's nothing about me, believe me. But this word is the word of truth. The scriptures. Let's put it into practice. That's what I said. This will change your life. I believe, you know, what God said to me concerning my family long ago when things were really difficult. And the Lord spoke to me, your family will not know once until you see me face to face. I stand on that. He spoke that to me years ago uh, when it was really difficult to, to, to know how he's going to do this. What's going to happen? I'm clueless about that. But every time I have difficulties, problems, I have these things recorded. I will pull them out from my computer, take them, print them out, possibly come here with the church with them, and I'm praying to God using the words of prophecy. I'm being very practical tonight. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't have to look at what I see before my eyes and what's happening today. 
I'm believing God for my tomorrow. Amen. And your tomorrow is going to be bright as well. Amen. God's going to do great things in your life. But I pray that you take this message into your heart. Christianity is not a religion. Not the way the world thinks about religion. This is a relationship with God and a, a, a kingdom that is guided by principles. The kingdom of God is guided by principles. And if you don't know how to operate these principles, you will always be under pressure. Under pressure. Under pressure, not knowing where to go and having sleepless nights because of pressure. These words are true. That's what Ezekiel did. He prophesied. And if you read in the Bible, it says immediately the bones began to come together. Life didn't come into them immediately, but the bones began to move. There was a rattling there. And they started to come together. When you begin to speak to that situation, maybe you don't see life coming to it yet, but I guarantee you, I know the word of God cannot return to him void. The bones will begin to come together. All the circumstances to make that prophecy come to pass will begin to come together in your life that's why jesus is so real when you see things like that he lets you know god is real so you have no doubt that there is a god i know that there is a god because he does things that amazes you amazes me personally you don't know how this is going to be you come up with uh, a number the thing is it gets me greater confidence in God. That this God, I can trust Him. I can trust Him. And many times you are prophesying and the natural circumstances telling you, you're stupid. Where do you think that's going to come from? You're crazy. And then the Satan will start showing you all the distractions and everything around. Why what you're saying can never come to pass. That's why. That's when you should shout even louder, drown him with your shouting, and then thank God, rejoicing. It says, "So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise." Notice it was as he was prophesying. What was he saying? He was just repeating what God told him to say. That was the prophecy. He heard God speak to him. And then he repeated what God said to him to the bones. And to his surprise, he heard a noise. And suddenly, a rattling. And the bones came together. Bone to bone. Amen? That's why this is so real. So prophesy to your situation. Prophesy to it. If it's negative and you believe this is not from God, then speak what God said about the situation to that situation. I feel good because Jesus spoke to a tree. Right? He stood before a tree and was talking to a tree. He said, the prophet has lost his mind. He's talking to a tree now. But the tree responded, right? Yeah. Just words. And many of us are saying, why, am I, why should I prophesy? Where in the Bible did God, in the New Testament, did God say, you just read from the Old Testament. Where in the New Testament did God say to prophesy? 
to our situation. I'm glad you asked. Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus speaking, he says, For shortly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, what are you supposed to do? Say to this mountain, in other words, prophesy to this mountain. Whatever it is that's causing some pain in your life, some discomfort, that's bringing disgrace to your life and shame. It's not from God. Isaiah 54 says it very clearly. God will not cause you to suffer shame. And if he's bringing shame into your life and making you to be uncomfortable, that's not what the Holy Ghost has come to give to us. He came to give us comfort. And this is not comfort. And God, Jesus says, that's a mountain. Speak to the mountain. He says, assuredly, Jesus is assuring you that this, is, this, this will take place. I assure you, he said, say to this mountain, speak to the mountain. I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that this, those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says, not whatever he prays, Whatever he says, there is a time to pray. Amen? He didn't say to pray to the mountain. Did he say that? Or retreat from the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. There is a time to pray. But then there is a time to speak to the mountain. There is a time to prophesy. When you pray, you get in the spirit. Amen? You pray, you get in the spirit. Sometimes I'm praying here and I tell the Lord because I know the Bible says that, but you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So I know that. So I excuse myself from all in my asking as the Lord, I just want to build myself, my faith. Amen. So I pray in tongues for a while and I believe as I'm doing that, and scriptures cannot be broken. And so I believe that my faith is being built up. And I'm in the spirit already. I'm ready to prophesy. Amen. And the bones will come together. So I speak to the mountain. Whatever it is. And you know when you do that. There is, there is a witness in your spirit. The Bible says. As many as are led by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God. And he says that this, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bearing witness with our spirit that we are the sons of God. The Spirit will always bear witness. So when you spend that time with your Father, getting in the Spirit, you're so close to the Father through his Spirit. Now you're out and you're prophesying. He's moved you. His hand is upon you. Now prophesy to the dry bones in your life. And let God put those things together for you. Don't, don't entertain discouragement. Speak. So your words are very important. Your tongue has fruit. And that's what the Bible tells us. We really need to know that. Your, tongue, your words... Your words, your tongue, your lips will produce fruit. Proverbs 18 verse 21 tells us, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's not just, think about it. What you say will affect your life. What you say to your children will affect your children. What you say about your business will affect your business. The words that come out of your mouth will either bring life to you. That's the way God created us. He put power, not you, God did when you were created. He put power in your words. That's the way he is. God, he's the word. God and his word are the same. You and your word are one and the same. What you say is what you are. What comes out of your mouth, that's where you're going. Your whole body will migrate to that, whatever you're saying. That's where you're going. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's why God is telling us to prophesy. That's why Jesus is te- he's not asking us to pray to the mountain or pray to God for the mountain. He's asking us, you speak to the mountain in his name and the mountain will move. Amen. So your tongue has power. And those who love it will eat its fruit. If you love to speak negative things from your mouth, words of fear, words of confusion, words of sickness, words of pain, my marriage is going down, my family, we don't know, they're going to take my house. Well, you get everything you're saying. Be happy with your blessings. If you speak good things, Words of faith, they'll come to you. These things can change your life. Many times people will even help you to go the negative way. Words are so powerful. You go out to work and you come back, you you show up and the the guy says to you, what's happening to you? You look terrible today. You were not even aware of it. And you're wondering, do I look terrible? Are you okay? You look terrible. By the time the third person says that, guess what you say? I guess I'm terrible. I feel terrible. I want to go home. I want to go home. What's so powerful? Think about it. A man, he, he, he's, he's, been, he's, he's gone to work, and he got there and got fired. He's already whipped. He's not too happy. He gets back home. And his wife says, why are you home so early? Well, I got fired. I knew you were, you were going to be fired. And then she kept all of this negative stuff. Now what are we going to do? We can't, we can't pay our bills and all of that kind of stuff. Guess what? He's been whipped again. He got whipped two times in one day. And he's discouraged. The next day she's telling him, go out and look for a job. He's not willing. He feels whipped. But if he comes in and she says, well, that job's not good enough for you. Something better is out there for you. They don't deserve you. It's okay. God's going to take care of us. Don't worry about it. I think they were paying you less than what you're worth. He feels good. Say, go out tomorrow and we think we'll get a better job. God, this is the way God's saying that job is no good. The boss is no good. You're good, my husband. I trust you. You're the best. He feels good. He can eat well, right? He sleeps well. The next day, he's up and he's ready to go look for a job. Amen? Words. Words are so powerful. Words are so powerful. 
So we must use our words right. Never talk failure. Let them talk about failures concerning you. Don't ever let it come out of your mouth. Let them say whatever they want to say. But you know who you are. Don't get involved with gossip. Let them talk. If you keep talking defeat, failures, problems, and all of that, and you, you, you are incessant with it, just continue to talk about it. What's happening is part of your life. You go to the bed with it. You wake up with it. Before long, you have a mental disease from your troubles. Because that comes, it goes out. It's in you everywhere you go. It's part of you now. It's not as real. It's just in your head. And then you go out looking for a job and they see you. The guy can sense it. Before they say a word of, they sit down to talk to you about the job, they already can sense your failure. <laughs> and they're ready to let go. And you don't know why. Because you're carrying a mental disease and they can pick it up as soon as you walk in. They got a disease. And who wants to be around the disease? But if you have confidence, you may not know much. As soon as they see you, your big smile like you already got the job. And they're willing to sit down and talk. Hey, fellow. And sometimes they won't even really interview you. They're talking about something else. Because they can see a winner in you. We need you. You can help our company. But when your head is hanging down, they can pick that up as soon as you walk in. I know this. You know how I know this? Do I have time? You know, you guys are Americans, right? That's great. That's great. It's wonderful. You don't need a visa to come into the United States, right? You don't. You don't. Now, I know what it is to go get a visa, you know, to come into the United States. I've been in uh, the visa office, embassy, and I've seen people praying in tongues. I mean, they want a visa so bad. They're so scared. And they're praying, and they go in there, and they're really nervous. And the interviewer is trying to make eye contact, but he can tell, and he's... I don't think, no, you're not good enough to go to America. They deny you the visa. But so I discovered that that's their trick. So I walk into them like I already knew I'll I get the visa. In fact, I argued with one lady one time. She said, you're not going. I said, lady, you put that visa there. I'm going. And I gave up my argument real strong, and I went, and I, and I was angry. And she knew I was. She said, okay. But I say, yes, put it there. I need to go. I'm going. Amen. But then you get these guys, they're praying in tongues. They're not really praying in faith. They are praying filled with fear. And the lady or the guy, he takes one look and says, no, you're not going. He turned them back. The tongues didn't work this time. <laughs> because the tongues get you in the spirit and then you need to prophesy. Amen. Careless talking is a vicious habit. Uh, you don't want to go there. You know how people say that they always like to speak their mind? 
I'm sincere. I like to speak my mind as if that's a, a honorable thing. Yeah. Well, you can speak your mind if you got a good mind. But if you have a poisoned mind, if you speak that mind, you die. A mind that is washed with the word of God, that's a good mind. Speak your mind then. Because the word of God is there. And it will bring fruit to you. Amen? You know you are judged by your words. I've seen it. Have you seen when it says in the U.S. the president is about to make his speech? You've said about that? And everybody is saying what he's going to say. And he's going to be judged. His presidency is going to be judged based on what he had to say. Have you seen that? All the news media there watching. And they analyze his words. And they say that was a good speech. And because of this, he's going to be able to do this. Out of just a speech, he's done nothing. Just words. Your words are very mighty. Your words are very important. Your words affect lives. When, when they are good words, whether they are lying or not, people respond to those words as they hear these politicians speak all these great things and it makes them feel good. Guess what they do when they go to vote? They vote for them based on what words? Words. But if the words make them feel bad and hopeless, guess what? They want to vote the person out. Just words. Because... Action will always follow the word. That's the way God has created the universe. So your words are very important. Guard your words. Guard your words. I'm going to read these two scriptures and then I'll close. Proverbs 18, 18 verse 7. All Proverbs 18 verse 7, 18 verse 20, 18 verse 21. Life and death are in the, in the, are in the power of the tongue. 18 verse 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction. And his lips are the snare of his soul. Your words. Your words are so powerful. Instead of speaking what you feel in the natural, in the sense realm, speak what God says. Even if it contradicts what you're feeling in the natural. Because it's the same word that created the universe. Right? The word changed everything. There was confusion when God created the world. Right? No shape, nothing. And God said, it's the same word, use God's word. But if you are a fool, and no, it's not nobody like that here tonight, then you say stupid words, speaking your mind, they seem from a mind that's poisoned already. Speak his word. A fool's mouth is his destruction. And his lips are the snare of his soul. What you say is going to affect your life. And I'll conclude with this scripture, scripture uh, Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. So you got fruit from your mouth. Not the works of your hand. That's the way I like to say it. Your stomach will be satisfied by the works of your hand. How much you work, right? With your hands. No. God says your mouth. 
That's how your stomach will be filled. That's how you'll be successful, what you say. A man's stomach shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth from the produce of his lips. So your lips have produce. Bring stuff into your life because you were created that way. God spoke the world into being and he created you in his image and your words do things to you. And so you use the words of prophecy. Renew your mind from the word and then begin to speak what the word says about you even if it contradicts what you say in the natural. And don't quit. Most people quit before they get to the promised land. They complain in the wilderness and die in the wilderness. But don't quit speaking until you get into your promised land. Don't let people let you, let you know or speak to you and say, well, look at the circumstances. You got no water to drink. You got your children. Ah, they go into it and then you start complaining. You die in the wilderness. Speak what the word says. You have a promised land. God has planted you on a, on a fruitful hill. That's where you belong. You are his choicest vine. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. I do pray that you got something out of the word tonight. You know, the forgetful hearer is the one that's not blessed. He's the one who hears the word and practices the word that's blessed. It may not make sense to you. Just do what he says. And see God bring the result into your life. Amen. Let's give him thanks tonight. Raise your hands up to the Lord tonight. And give him thanks tonight. If you have a need in your life and you need somebody to pray with you, Pastor Andy, Pastor Angela, myself will be out here. Please come. We want to pray with you. And I do believe God hears my prayer. I know I represent him. <laughs> I'm glad that he chose me by himself, not for anything that I deserve. But I know he's with me and I can pray with you and God can answer. We can pray with you. Just give him thanks for his word. Tell him that you need his word to go down from your ears, down into your spirit. It's the word of faith that you've heard today. Receive it from God. Tell him, God, I receive. Give me understanding. Let me know what to do with this seed of the word that you've given to me. Because I know I have a bright future. My future is bright. The future is great for me. Even though things may be difficult today. But now, I've got the seed of greatness in me. I've got the word of God. It will be wonderful in the future. The beginning may be nothing. But the end is the greatest. Thank you, Father. We love you, God. We thank you for your word tonight. Help us to grow. There is nothing that you can't change for the better. You can turn the bitter water to become sweet. And we thank you because you're doing that right now in every life. I pray that for every life, whatever is bitter in the life is being turned into something sweet in the name of Jesus. And whatever oppression, 
erased in their lives in the name of jesus i command your oppression to lift from them right now in the name of jesus i command the blessings of god by the power of the living god to come upon them and to overtake them in the name of jesus i thank you lord god because we believe that's exactly what we have tonight thank you father in jesus name and god's people said amen god bless you please don't forget i'm going to be standing out here you need prayer please come